Alex and B Frank show. Had a horrible week button, so college football is officially back. I know some of us did not. Sorry. Don't want to steal your shine. It was a good week. You know, I, I, there was a point where I was sitting at five or six and zero, thinking I may never lose another bet. And then the Clemson over didn't even come close. And, and I came back to earth a little bit. But when you get that North Carolina backdoor cover late fourth, that is, uh, that's how you know you've got it. So I was feeling it last week. I'm nervous about this week, though. I'd imagine that's nice, as I was on the other end of that game, uh, as is tradition. But, yeah, a um, lot, of, lot of college football. No, no ranked matchups or anything, but it was the first time that we have seen major conference football be played. Um, but honestly, not a good showing for all of those teams, which leads no. us right into – uh, you know, winners and losers, as we historically do for, for basketball. Big winner of the weekend, I think, has to be the Sun Belt. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. Look at just the absolute beating they put on the Big 12. It, it, I mean, the Big 12 in general is the loser. Like, I'm going to surprise. Yeah. The Big 12 is the loser. Texas Tech barely held on against Houston Baptist in a game that they probably should have lost. Um, you've got Arkansas State going into Kansas State, a, a stadium in which there were A, fans, and B, basically a full student section. So home field was, was still there for K-State. They lose because Jonathan Adams had an unreal game. He honestly, Sunbelt, 1A, 1B, Jonathan Adams. The good part, I guess, about all of this is that everyone is watching the same games now because no one can go. He was the star of it all. He had three unbelievable catches, two of which counted. Um, had a monster game with three touchdowns in the road upset win over K-State. And then you've got Iowa State laying an absolute egg against Louisiana, who looked miles ahead of where the Cyclones were. Absolutely. And this follows in opening game tradition for Iowa State, they, for whatever reason, just have always come out of the gate flat. The difference is you're not playing, you know, a Northern Iowa lower right. team. You're playing Louisiana Lafayette, who the, like, rebrand to U of L is just pissing so many LSU people off. Online. It is. I'm here for it. But anyway, like, you, lo- you look at just the numbers, and it's almost hard to see how – this was such a lopsided game because Iowa State ended up outgaining Lafayette, but it, it helps when special teams was just absolutely dominant, took care of the football, didn't turn it over. Iowa State did twice, and they largely shut down Brock Purdy. And I He mean, looked so any, bad any, in that game. Yeah. Any team who wants to beat Iowa State this year, you just have to take away Brock Purdy, and for a week at least, it didn't look like Iowa State really had any answers. The defense still looks pretty decent. Um, so I guess that's like the, the plus. Um, although, you know, giving up 31 points to Louisiana, a Sunbelt team is probably not the best look when you're going to be going up against the rest of the Big 12. I guess the top half of the Big 12 with guys like Ellinger and Rattler at the top of the uh, conference. But they just – watching their offense was just really hard to do. and. It felt like one of those games that you could look back on and say, like, this, this could be 
where Matt Campbell really wishes he would have left. Like we've talked about at length (laughs) where he wishes he would have left already and gone somewhere else. Long run, I think he's still a great coach and I think they're going to be fine. But there's not a lot going on and there's not a lot to talk about. There were, what, 20 games last week? And this was probably the biggest upset of them all. Yeah, I do like, as you were saying, that it's pretty much the same game that everybody is watching. I think maybe Max, there were like two or three games going on at once. Um, Some of them may or may not have been on TV. Oklahoma was just charging people a ridiculous amount of money to watch a beatdown of Missouri State. But yeah, that was was something that got everybody's attention early in the day. Now they're a top 20 football team. Um, I'd say well-deserved. Yeah, considering a lot of the country just isn't playing, so that 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 makes this week's rankings especially look a little screwy. But I'm I'm here for the chaos. I'm here for uh, the fun belt really taking over and uh, and Coastal Carolina just taking out Kansas second year in a row and then just losing their mind post game with like a sledgehammer and whatever the hell they were smashing. Um, I don't know, but it looked like a cake. Everything in 2020 is a cake, so it is very, very possible. But that was uh, Kansas just like completely overmatched there. And like we said, we we expected Kansas to be the uh, cellar dwellers in the Big 12 again. So I guess it's appropriate when you have presumed better teams losing to Sun Belt opponents that Kansas would put out an embarrassing showing of their own, but. And credit to Coastal Carolina. They uh, came in and just kicked their ass. Yeah, I mean, take away the third quarter, and it was pure dominance by the Chanticleers, which is a great yeah. nickname. Um, Coastal, though, they, they looked well in control the entire night. Like, there was no facet of Kansas's game that looked anywhere near being as good or better than Coastal's. And credit, credit to the Sun Belt because they – They did what they had to do. You know, you're not going to get a ton of chances this year as we've seen. And as we, you know, take a look at the schedule, not many non-conference games and they took advantage of theirs right away. Yeah. These were all basically add-ons from the big 12. um, Just like one non-conference game before their conference schedule. And uh, yeah, there's some regrets. Just a few. Um, Other winners, the troops. Of course. True prospectors have logged on. I, I do it for full transparency. We are a, we're an honest show. We're an impartial show. I have to admit, I, for the second week in a row, I fell in love with the team Army was playing. I took Louisiana Monroe um, against the spread, and for the second week in a row, I got absolutely burned. I, I'm off the hook this week because Army BYU isn't happening, but I will, uh, I'll take some time to think about it because it's just, it was an absolute clinic in option football. 436 rushing yards, one completed pass, two touchdowns each for Anderson and Buchanan's. Like, what, what more could you ask for? The up-the-gut 40-yard gash that Buchanan had was like the purest bit of football I think we've seen yet. And it was just it, – it was so perfect because it just shows how Army has dominated these first two weeks of the year and deservedly so are now in the top 25. And like how high can they climb? I mean, losing the BYU game hurts in regards to how high they can climb. But I also think BYU is a pretty tough team to play, having already just dismantled Navy – 
I do think Army is better than Navy this year, but at the same time, it's the same style of football. BYU already showed they can stop it and that they've got a pretty darn good offense with Zach Wilson back healthy. So probably a good thing for the troops that they don't get to play this week. That said, Army looks good. Like For, for yeah. someone who continuously goes on and on about how Army looks good, they look good. And now they get an extra week to prep for uh, Cincinnati, which is probably – the biggest game they're going to be playing for a long time. The naysayers might say, well, in a normal year, Army probably wouldn't be ranked right now. But it doesn't matter. It's not a normal year. As I said, there's going to be lots of chaos, lots of teams. Checking that box of first AP Top 25 appearance since insert year. Um, so this is it's just the start of it, as we mentioned. The Raging Cajuns are a top 20 team now. Um, Army is snuck in, and yeah, they, they can knock off Cincinnati. Hello. Start, uh, Let's talk start, playoff. Start to ever so slowly pencil them into that uh, college football playoff. But we're. Uh, Phil Steele and I both celebrating with one, one tiny tear rolling down the cheek as, as Army gets called as the fourth team in the playoff. We'll just rebrand Michigan week as Cincinnati week this year. Exactly. And hope for a different result. But, yeah, big week for the troops. Big time. I believe Army football was actually – their whole thing this week was that they're the only team in the country that's 2-0. and Yeah. So, here we are. Welcome and, to 2020. Uh, and Central Arkansas had a head start on everyone. Yeah. Like, they played in the very first two games of the year. Mm-hmm. So. Couldn't do it. Couldn't get it done. Take care of business. Yes. Scotty would be upset. Uh, what, other, what other winners from last week do you have? Oh, uh, I would say basically anyone that was able to have fans in the stands. Like, it, it, it was a weird setup. I don't know what the safety precautions were anywhere, but – Seeing some fans in the stands at least made it feel a little normal, less eerie, uh, gave it a little more of a game day feel. But we're still, you know, we're still trying to figure this out, everyone. And uh, until until something clicks or, you know, a couple weeks of this go by, I don't know when else we're going to see more regular, I guess is the air quote way to put it, regular football. Um, Texas got to beat down on UTEP. I'm not even going to say that's like a, a winner. That's just what they're supposed to do. Spencer Rattler maybe is a winner because he was outrageous in the first half and basically has kept the buzz going for Lincoln Riley and quarterbacks and, and all this. Granted, yeah, it was Missouri State, but at the same time, 14-17 for 290 yards and four touchdowns is pretty darn good no matter who you play. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would say at least those quarterbacks – Ellinger and Rattler, good start to the season. Um, you know, not not every Big 12 team can say week one went seamlessly. So take what you can get. Um, treating the game as it was intended as just a tune-up and just putting up uh, some easy completions, easy touchdowns, and the offenses look good. So, of course, that is that is a game to look forward to for later in the season. Um, but, yeah, I'm not going to give them too much credit for – Right. I mean, first, first start, I guess I'll give them credit for that. You know, obviously they're yeah. going to be nerves regardless of who you're playing, but 
Um, aside from that, I think it's just got like you've got to give Georgia Southern a tip of the cap for getting a win without 34 players. So we talked about it pre-show. It's regardless, again, regardless of the competition you are playing, Campbell, not the greatest team. I hate to say it, but no disrespect to the Camels, but this isn't a Chris Clemens led basketball team. This is their football program. And no matter who you are, if you lose 34 guys, you're going to be in trouble. And Georgia Southern still 14 points in the fourth quarter, managed a way to come back and get a win. Okay. Well, well argued. They, yeah, they, they had no business like being in that game at all. And then mass opt out, fell behind early, came back. I will, I will begrudgingly tip my cap there. Um, but I, yeah, I wasn't going to bet on that game either way. So no pain to me. Yeah which was one of the few games. Um, losers, as we said, the Big 12. And, like, just, just want to reemphasize Texas Tech, some things never change, giving up 600 yards of offense to an FCS school and had to defend a two-point conversion at the end. Like, the, the brand is strong. It, it, span, it spans coaches. 30 of 49, 567 yards and four touchdowns is what Houston Baptist quarterback Bailey Zappi threw for. Like, that is – it's 18.9 yards per completion. That is outrageous. Like, regardless of how you're playing defense, I mean, you're not at that point. It's plain and simple. You're just not playing defense there. Seven on seven. Um, the good news is Texas Tech was able to score. The bad news is – they only scored 35 on Houston Baptist's defense. So when they go up against teams that clearly will have better defenses in the Big 12, how are they going to be able to handle that? Yeah, I, I shudder at the thought. It's, it's one of the things, like, if you play this exact performance, like, quality on both sides of the ball, but against Oklahoma, you're losing, like, 60 to 17. Yeah. So it is game one, so maybe – Maybe they'll figure it out, but um, early returns not encouraging. I guess the the positive there though is they held Houston Baptist to twenty eight rushing yards on twenty four carries. So the run defense, run defense is there. Sure. Um, and Sheradrick Tom Thompson looked really good at running back. I don't know the last time Texas Tech's had like a capable running back to offset the pass heavy offense. Yeah, I mean, certainly. Certainly seems like before Mike Leach. Definitely. Yeah, because I mean, during the Leach years, as we see anywhere he goes, just all air raid, not even using a running back, and nobody really jumps to mind in the uh, Cliff era. But yeah, the uh, the shitty defense remains. It does. One week, so it's uh, it's credit where it's due. Yeah. Um, Got a shout out. Another big loser, Florida State. Yep. Just without fail. Massive talent advantage wasted against Georgia Tech in what was just an extremely math football game. Like, weather delays notwithstanding, I know that can mess up rhythm and timing a little bit, but at the same time, like, they, they just looked completely out of it. It wasn't good. I mean, this game in general wasn't good. There was a lot of bad football played this weekend. I'll say that much. It's week one, I get it, or week two, technically, and week one for a lot of these teams. Weird offseason, I get it. 
at some point though, it's got to mean something when you get to strap on the pads and hit someone else that isn't your own team. Right. Like, is that not the old saying of you week one's the best week of the year because you're finally done hitting yourself and you're hitting somebody else. And, and it's fun like that, but this is Georgia tech's second year out of the triple option offense. I wouldn't say the offense looks better, but they won. So I don't think you can really get mad about it. Yeah. I mean, and to answer your question, like this is the ACC and the SEC, it means it just means more, but it does the ACC. They are still searching for meaning and yes, Jeff Collins, not quite in the same dilemma. He was year one where he was trying to take a roster that was recruited and built specifically for the triple option and not run that he has at least some more of his own guys now but at the same like that you can't expect everyone to come in and contribute seamlessly right away um and it's just like it's gonna be it's gonna be a process like to build a program especially a power six program from a triple option offense to you know closer to what the rest of the country is running it's gonna take time and this is the time if you are any other team in the ACC to absolutely take advantage of Georgia Tech during those growing pains. Um, this is a game that Florida State should have comfortably won. They did not, only managed 13 points. Um, so, offensive genius Mike Norvell, tough first round. Yeah, James Blackman did not look good either. 23 of 43, 198 yards, one touchdown, one pick. QBR was 21.7. Like, there's just nothing good for Florida State to take out of this game, um, aside from the first quarter. Maybe, I mean, you could probably even say the first half, but basically felt like once the first long weather delay ended and they didn't get another score, that this game was going to turn on its head, and it absolutely did. Yeah, and I mean, even at this point, I, I don't think anybody, Florida State is really looking back and fondly the first right. quarter. Yeah, it's pretty pretty bad all the way through. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, we, we said not going to see a lot of success year one, but kind of didn't mean to include losing to Georgia Tech in that. Um, that, was, that was kind of a, a low bar to clear, but tripped over it. Just continues to show the struggles being had in Tallahassee. Things you hate to see. Um, any any other big losers for you? I mean, I want to say Notre Dame. They didn't lose, but they looked awful. Like, Ian Book line. did not look good. The offensive line, which is basically the anchor of that team, did not look good against Duke's front four. Um, they're figuring it out, I think, offensively, still at the skill positions, which is fine because, you know, you lose, think – Claypool and Cole Komet that's you know three of your top receivers from a year ago it's understandable if you go through a little bit of a change defense I thought looked decent that they certainly got gashed a couple times on some easy plays but better than expected it's just the offense is what this team was supposed to be nowhere this is what the team was supposed to build off of because you've got the strong O-line and Ian Book back who's a good playmaking quarterback and they just did not look any bit the part. Yeah, I mean, it's just the, the cupboard was left pretty bare as far as receivers are concerned. Um, outside of 
transfer from noted football power Northwestern, like there's not a guy on the roster with more than like 25, 30 career receptions. Um, and that's, that's tough to build around with a new offensive coordinator. Tommy Reese is still very clearly figuring it out as well. Um, there were a lot of struggles early and the offense really didn't get going at all until the very ballsy fake punt call um, by Brian Kelly kind of jumpstarted everybody and they, uh, they ended up getting a touchdown out of that drive. But yeah, for the most part, it was, uh, it was a tough watch, the tough watch. It was uh, a lot of awkward white people dancing in the stands and the yeah. on-field product was uh, it's not too much better, but it was a win over an ACC opponent. So first conference win for Notre Dame. Unbeaten. Not nothing. Yeah. That's uh, that was basically it in the loser column, and I, I mean, you can't really call him a loser. Just had to touch on the game a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Brian Kelly was happy after that. I'm sure some words were exchanged. He rarely is. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Uh, so looking ahead this week, despite the fact that there are not a lot of teams playing, and seemingly every team is ranked, like Florida State still got folks. Which, Two, which is insane. Yes. Just, I, I saw that today and it set me off. It's like, we're not even going to pretend like this means anything this year, are we? It's like, we're like, pretty much every team is just going to get some number of votes every week. Like, this, this team has not won a game. They looked like absolute shite all of, all of last game. And like, what are we, what are we doing? Um, yeah, I don't it's know. Just the AP poll, me and the AP poll. Yeah, like, it was just, that was aggravating. Um, But a lot of teams still moving up with uh, teams not playing and and whatnot. But anyway, suffice to say, there's one ranked matchup this week. So Army-BYU is not happening. It is Miami. It is Louisville. Um, Couple second tier, if you will, ACC teams that's, had varying degrees of success and wins over UAB and Western Kentucky, respectively, week one. I know you like Derek King. Are I do. You, uh, you going with Miami here? I am. I'm gonna. It's gonna be a tight game. I'm gonna take Miami. Um, Cunningham looked good at quarterback. I. I mean, that's as nice as I can put it, and as well as I can put it. Like that is a, a good compliment for a Louisville quarterback because it hasn't been that long since Lamar Jackson, but since Lamar Jackson feels like it's been a black hole at quarterback, uh, 343 yards and three touchdowns was good. The biggest thing for me, Miami didn't look good through the air. They can fix that. Brevin Jordan is still one of the best tight ends in the country. And the addition of Cameron Harris in the backfield running for 134 yards and two touchdowns is huge for De'Ara King because it takes so much pressure off of him gives them more of an RPO type offense where they can really keep the defense on their toes. Um, Miami's defense looked pretty good as well. UAB obviously I think is not as good a team as Western Kentucky is varying degrees at that point, maybe splitting hairs, but I will take Miami in a tight game in the twenties, 24, 21, probably. Yeah, UAB actually put in a a pretty solid defensive performance against Miami. Um, Derek King was still able to, have a big impact just from improvisation a lot of times. I'm just making something out of nothing and broken down plays. But for the most part, Miami's passing attack really couldn't get much going. And that's 
has to be a, of some concern um, as they try to get a more balanced attack going with King. Um, we know what he can do running the ball, and he was very effective against UAB. Um, Louisville's going to be prepared for that. I wouldn't be surprised if they do everything in their power to make him beat them through the air. Um, as you said with Cunningham, very impressive week one, Western Kentucky. As you said before, Hawkins in the backfield makes this offense a lot more dangerous than we would have considered just one short year ago. Mm -hmm. um, to your point, I feel like it's been Lamar Jackson, Teddy Bridgewater. Other than that, we have to go back to like Brian Brom. Yeah. For cutting somebody, but it, it seems like uh, it's been a, a little bit of a mystery. Pass obviously was not the answer at quarterback, ironically enough, but um, Cunningham's looked good, and this this should be a, a, a pretty tight game. I Miami has a uh, an overwhelming advantage between the the defenses, I would say. But even so, I I think Louisville's got just enough to, to squeak out a win here. Taking home field advantage. Don't discount. <laughs> it it works sometimes. It does. It uh, does. Even, I mean, even with Kansas State having fans, like Manhattan as a football place has never been that rowdy to begin with um, i've so. been there the stadium itself it's a it's a nice looking stadium but there's like everything about it every time you look at it it kind of is just there yeah you know nothing nothing builds excitement there's you know it's nice it's a good looking field great views from basically everywhere but there's nothing you know you go to notre dame stadium you go to the big house you go to any of these big places and you'll you can immediately feel an energy or see like why it's so important and i don't think anyone really compares kansas state to that but at the same time like usually anywhere you go you find a bit of an energy about the place and there just doesn't seem to be one there at the risk of pissing people off it strikes me as ryan field west oh just i like you you don't like you don't picture kansas state in a, a rockin night game right um, like 11 a.m kick there is mild to little energy in the crowd and yeah normally it's bill snyder but we uh we have to make do with what we've got now um he's still on the stadium so yeah that. i think it's bill snyder and family stadium is what yeah. it's called yeah so that's the uh like he he is the program um so that's a little a little bit a little bit troubling that uh, that Skylar Thompson is not able to start off the season with W for them. But um, back to my original point: do not discount home field advantage, even in this year. Familiarity breeds success. I'll take that point. That's fair. We'll see. Um, college basketball, real life. There's uh, some fun developments. If you were excited, if you're a college player excited to travel to Atlantis or to Maui, get excited to instead go to South Dakota or... Basically the same place. Or Asheville, or potentially Indianapolis, which uh, out of those three, it's, that's the winner. But yeah, the uh, battle for Atlanta is now taking over South Dakota, which is just the biggest dichotomy I can possibly think of. Maui is considering Indianapolis, which can just host any sporting events and Asheville. So your thoughts. 
the battle for South Dakota still has a nice ring. And I tweeted it out. Like it still does sound okay. When you think about it though, like you're supposed to be the beautiful resort in the Caribbean. And now all of a sudden you are in South Dakota at the Pentagon battle at the Pentagon. Yeah. It's people going. I, that the problem is though, like, I think it's a good venue. I think the Pentagon is like a fun basketball venue. It's kind of like the Palestra in Philadelphia, obviously at a lesser level, but it's one of those basketball places that they should be hosting more events at, or at least doing something at. That said, I, if I were, you know, if I were a player, I would not be thrilled <laughs> having to switch out the Bahamas for South Dakota or Maui, which is like, one of the, you know, obviously up there with Battle for Atlantis is the two best tournaments and having to go to Asheville or Indianapolis. Yeah, I, I haven't made it to Maui. Unfortunately, this wasn't going to be the year either. But eventually when IU goes, I, I have been to Atlantis, not for the battle, but just because sometimes I, I like to go on vacation. And it's a, uh, they they pump up the event, even, even in the off season, there are still so many, like, basketballs I could have bought with like Dayton or Butler logos who I think were in the, the tournament the year before um, so they'll that'll be missed playing in that random ballroom but yeah it's uh you're, you're right the, the Pentagon should be hosting stuff but it shouldn't be like taking over an event like this uh, like right. randomly we had Wisconsin and St. Mary's there a couple years ago to kick off the season um, the one thing I do hope for this tournament and anytime people play there again is that the floor is less of a disaster um, yeah one thing i remember from that game is they're just i think there are four different three-point lines yes um, like how is that fun or not confusing for anyone like playing officiating watching it's just too much work it really is obviously yeah so think i that. again like you're making do with what you got yeah it's not great, but at the same time, it's better than like, – it's good to see them moving forward with plans to continue to host these tournaments as opposed to just completely canceling them. For sure. And, yes, we're doing this ahead of time. Yes, again. well ahead of time. Like, obviously, I would as – as an Indiana fan, I would prefer to see them play in Maui, but I do really want to, and I'm excited to see how they fare against this field in particular. So I'm glad they are trying something to, um, to try it out. But if they play in Indianapolis and somehow fans are allowed, that's just not going to be fair. Yeah. Um, but I won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So golden window coming up. Still, whatever that means. Um, and Big Ten football, still don't know. They're, uh, We're waiting. A lot of material changes. Lots of material changes. Um, but uh, Sean Wade opted out at Ohio State, and I believe they said his dad is like one of the yeah, parents right. yeah. heading up the uh, protest. So this, is, this took an interesting turn. I think a couple, uh, forget the other guy, but somebody else from Ohio State just opted out too. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, everything sucks still. So, Does. Celebrate, celebrate Sunbelt football. That is, that is our current official stance. Absolutely. Jonathan Adams, remember the name. Yes. 
Um, heat check. Things are happening. Yeah. Things are happening. It is, uh, it is, uh, it is getting close to Georgia awareness season. A lot of people becoming aware of Georgia. Uh, I was looking through a nice addition, uh, program history. Just oh, yeah. to look at wins and losses and all that and, you know, where he came in. Highest in the polls and, and this, that, the other. I believe there are three Big East programs that are under 500 all time. But uh, I'm not going to call them out. They know who they are. It's just a, a nice thing to see. And, uh, and we're continuing to add cool elements. I know there was a question out on Twitter about, like, what do you think of the font? Frankly, I don't care. Like, doesn't do anything it doesn't hurt or help but at the same time um all this other stuff like looks good adding hometowns is interesting everything else we, aside from the fact that we don't get lagrange or western springs guys yet i i searched that immediately and i will have you know eli if you're listening that's my last year of college i had uh and players on my college team from Western Springs and LaGrange. Shout out a uh, friend of the program, Nick Zeisloft and Harrison Ego. Um, yeah, but. No Oak Parkers either. Well, oh, that's actually, I, I feel like there have been more people in college basketball from Oak Park. I saw, I saw Brookfield because I got, I had to find something close. Right. There was no Hinsdale, which I appreciate, but. Uh, thank God. Yeah, um, put in like the the height, weight, the hometowns, the uh, the faces, the very video game feel, which I appreciate. Um, but let me tell you, I am uh, Bennett Ball's happening. <laughs> Here we go. I, I haven't I haven't filled out the form yet, but like my two best put like my front court is a seven footer and a six ten guy, who are just absolute tanks so we are just going to uh to slow it down and pack the paint there is uh there's nothing else to do and then my my prized small forward recruit wade banky is uh is six six so he'll be a uh be a nice addition i'm basically going to be which is going to make my team sound so much less good i'm going to be the detroit pistons of several years ago drummond monroe and josh smith a uh, a too big to fail team, but somehow failed. Just so many bigs out there. Um, yeah, I I like the additions. I mean, my team has a glaring issue in terms of height. We have one guy six ten or taller, and then the next closest are six seven. And uh, what's that? Is that Al Adney? No, Al is uh, six seven. The pride of Lyle, Illinois. Uh, He's six seven two twenty. But uh, Preston Fields, my new JUCO center who is now my best player, is 6'10", 260. He's the biggest guy we've got. Yeah. I'm, I'm just in the, the fan fiction I'm writing in my head, Al Adney went to Bennett following in the footsteps of Frank Kaminsky and Dave Sobolewski, who just – A name people forget. Quickly forgotten, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he went to Northwestern, so that'll happen. That's, that's a choice he made, and that's why, that's why we haven't heard of him since. No, but I, but like the the heights and stuff, I, I was getting excited about, and uh, I was one of the more, not even one of the top twenty-five most improved teams, but I think my strength of roster coming into the year is top forty. It's like thirty-eighth or something, which obviously is far and away the best I 
could have done like it's best case scenario i re-recruited my point guard decommit um so i've got the the solid starting five i wanted the uh not good player, shall we say, whose name I've already forgotten, took the hints and left. So he, he did not let the door hit him on the way out, which we appreciate. And we're, uh, we're ready to win some basketball games. My, uh, it, was a, it was a nice drill of reality. Not that I was not aware that I had two very bad first seasons, but the career winning percentage staring me right there in the face was yeah. great. So you're going to have to turn that around real fast i tell you what i'm nervous about our game this year i am go ahead i'm nervous i'm nervous because i should win and like i have clearly the superior front court and i know it's somehow and and at home and uh stegman coliseum you talk about a home court advantage but i just know that i'm going to wake up at like 6 a.m go to answer the email and I'll see that Al Adney of all people gave me like 30 points in a loss and I will just want to break things. That's um, exactly what I need. I need Al to go off for me. He is, he is my, my power forward. He's all I got. Tyree Patrick, my new point guard as uh, the J George era has ended as unfortunately most of us know uh, he is straight offense. He plays no defense. So that's, that's our whole team this year, run and gun. We're, we're the Phoenix Suns of the uh, okay. mid-2000s. Yeah, the Suns would beat the Pistons by about 40 in this example. But it's, uh, it's, it's all about winning the, the battle of tempo. So you Your team is three points better than mine in over, like team overall. Really? Yeah, you're 96-6. I oh, am 93-3. Oh, okay. So just the total. Not, I was thinking average. is like there is no way. Average? No, I don't think so. But. You're, pro- you're projected to be third in the Big East again, as is canon at this point. Yep. I think I'm. I think I'm seventh. So right now, I would picked to make the SEC tournament. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of firsts. It's a lot of firsts. But knowing me, I'll probably miss the SEC tournament, but somehow make the actual postseason, like Missouri last year. I'm never going to make the conference tournament. I've accepted it. It's okay. There's other things to play for. Like the NIC, NIT season tip-off. Yes. Well, interestingly enough, we are playing at the same place. But yes, we are. We're both in Brooklyn. Um, you're in the, the Barclays Center Classic, is what it was called? Yeah. Both a couple of tough fields. I've got a couple of ranked teams, Butler and appropriately Virginia. And then I am the, I'm the third team, but of course I did not get the third easiest opponent. I got Tulane, who's already a protected non-conference game. So I will see the green wave twice. Super excited, super excited about that. Would you rather, you, you'd probably rather win this first one, right? Yes. You got to. Obviously, I would, like banners need to be hung and <laughs> they like, I will, I will find a way to spin zone it no matter where I finish in this tournament. Um, so last would be tough because I would have lost to real, two real shitty teams. But, yeah, consolation champions, we could, uh, we could spin. Um, that would work. Yeah, but I would, I would prefer to at least win a game and get a crack at, uh, I think Virginia would be in the semifinal. Um, yeah. Really season measuring stick. I uh, – 
I will. Well, I will have a, a test in my exhibition game. I got Baylor because Florida State's now on my shit list. They uh, <laughs> they they got out of there. I, I opened up the Discord today. Saw Florida State was looking for an exhibition. It's like, hey, buddy, did uh, do you remember me? Game. It's like, oh yeah, I did. Sorry, I'm with Indiana State now. Like, all right, people see my team like improving somewhat, and they run for the hills from fake games that don't count for anything. And I should also remind everyone out there, I've never won an exhibition game. This is true. This is a very, very good proposition for you. Um, if you want to, like, if you think you are better than last year's Jackson State team, which you assuredly are, this <laughs> would, have been a, would have been a free dub to get That was a tough one. Season. It, was. it was. First but. results, we see the exhibition scores. And neither of us picked – I don't think either of us picked an exhibition no. game last year. Because yeah. we – well, we, we had agreed to a home-and-home home exhibition and then realized that was stupid and we should just play in the regular season since we could schedule it. Um, so, yeah. I was right. Like, okay, year two, year one, you know, we had a young team. Not much I could have done about the quality, but we're going to be better now. And that happened. So You thought. Um. Yeah, we got Belmont in the opening round for uh, the Barclays Classic. I, I'm pretty sure they're they're a solid team. Yeah, they're they're in the low to mid 80s overall. So this won't be an easy one. And then if we win, we get the winner of App State, Missouri. Missouri's ranked. Illinois is also ranked. VCU's in the field. Um, I'd like a run at the title. I would like you know. It's this is a new team though. There's there's not aside from Al Edney and uh, my shooting guards. There's not a ton of continuity on this on this roster. At least guys that I trust. So we're gonna need to we're gonna need to see, break some guys in early. We're gonna need to see what our our newcomers can do. Preston Fields, the center, and uh, Tyree Patrick, the freshman point guard. But if we lose to Belmont, we're in trouble. I'm gonna say that much. If we lose to Belmont, there's no way in hell we're beating Georgia. All right, well, good luck to you there. Um, yeah, I mean, Phil Knight was tough last year. That was a, that was a tall order. This seems it was. like a winnable tournament. It does. Still Con- prestigious. Like, it would still, it would still absolutely mean something. You're not getting thrown into uh, – Much more than year one. I don't even remember what I played in, but <laughs> we all know how that ended. And you weren't, like, a bad team either. No, we were 14. You were preseason ranked, and for some reason you were just thrown into the uh, – I can't even remember what it was. It was uh, – you were playing in, like, some fake thing in, like, Corpus Christi, Texas. Oh, yes, the Islander Invitational. It, it's a real tournament. That Seton Hall would never be – Right. Uh, yeah. I was, a, I was a Cancun Challenge. I started off – the sim, my first ever game outside of our exhibition that doesn't have to be talked about. First ever game beat Radford by 40 points. It has been all downhill. <laughs> but I do see Radford's like a borderline top 50 uh, strength of roster team now. So it's glad to, to get that in there before they got good. How about Green Bay preseason top 25 yeah. team? Green Bay, St. Joe's. Yeah. They, uh, loaded team in the there's still there's still some additional powers like Florida is just going to forever remain the band of my existence. They are second, I believe, in the uh, yep. preseason rankings. But it's yeah, some things never change. Um, 
Defending oh. champs, Arizona at number four. Team that tribes who joined the Big East and was rejected, Connecticut. Higher a lot of them. There are a lot of them out there. Pittsburgh was another one. Oh, yeah, and Vanderbilt was uh, – I think Vanderbilt was worse than me, and then they just slightly hopped me in the offseason, which I'm not thrilled about. But, yeah, if I, uh, if I get ranked at any point this year, we might get banner. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of rafters, suffice it to say. Uh, Kentucky, this is, the, this is one of the things I wanted to bring up. Kentucky taking my scraps, uh, Derek Chrysler, the uh, decommit yeah. heads to Kentucky now. And you didn't, you didn't try to um, woo him back, right? I didn't. That was a dumb move on my part. Um, just didn't, I didn't, didn't end up making the move. I didn't know if it was going to be an option, but it figured, like, I, I wanted him in the first place. Like, he's not – like, he was the 17th best transfer available, so it wasn't, like, out of the question to be able to get him back. But the only thing that, like, annoys – me slightly is just that previous school just says Georgia now instead of like high school right um but yeah we we got him back in the fold um that was the it was just those two right you lost you lost Jay and you lost Chrysler to transfer did you have somebody else I had another transfer I can't remember who the hell he was though uh he was he was a bum Ah, well that's fine then he went to Canisius Rodney Thurman 3.2, 3.2. 3.2, 3.2. See, like, I don't have anybody that low now, but the... Uh... Like I said to you, the average players of the guys that I've actually recruited to fill my roster are, like, 7.7 and 7.2 offense-defense split. And then the guys I haven't recruited are, like, a 3.2 and a 2.5 split yeah. offense-defense. My wow, problem is yeah. keeping my roster full. The the only guy I have that's below a ten overall is my one recruit from Indiana, and I'll like that'll be my one connection to the Hoosiers. Got got my backup center out of Terre Haute, and I'll never be able to recruit anybody out of the state of Indiana again. Uh, so I'll, I'll hold on to him, and then yeah, and we'll forget about him immediately. But yeah, this is uh, this is the year for me. I like that I will actually be good. So I, I feel like I have to go full integrity just because I know that would that would come back to bite me in the ass somehow yeah I think I think you've got to at this rate I mean I'm I'm the clean program we we've run it we've run a tight ship since the beginning every time yeah oh I did I might have done I did three or four last year nope oh okay well that's always clean that's comforting then that you can still you've still gotten some very good recruits and that's, that's the thing I'm struggling with because I'm going to lose two seniors and then the guy who's declared two years now, like, I figure is going to be gone again. And I'll have, like, my entire front court is going to leave. So I've got to uh, – if I can get one player per cycle um, using the crystal ball, I'll be okay. But there's just no way my team next year is going to be as good as the team this year. So we uh, – we got to make it to the postseason where I hopefully see Florida State and uh, unleash hell. That would be fun. A nice little revenge game. Yeah. I don't know. It's DePaul's old coach, though. So, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how good Florida State is even going to be. I just initially saw they were looking for, uh, for games. I need an exhibition. Might as well get a Power 6 school. But we'll, uh, we'll go with Baylor instead. That's fine. 
if it if it makes you feel better, DePaul was eighteen and thirty eight over the last two seasons. I'm aware they went good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like as much as I would like it to be, it's it can't really blame me for that. I'm sure Master was just absolutely terrible that he started right. with as someone who has not had a good record through two years. So just in my own self-interest, I must defend him as well. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, it's, especially if you get saddled with a bad roster, you miss one, like if you don't figure out recruiting right away, it's you're in trouble. Like there, there is really not a lot of anything involved in season one. Like, yeah. You got you got to spend your off-season budget. That was about it. Um, there, I don't think there's really anything I could do to to make my team not terrible. But we've grown. It's uh, new. It was going to be a rebuilding project when I took this job. Much like Dad, CTC. We are aligned. Um, I just I'm going to struggle with uh, with how to fill out my budget. I know you're you're going. You said all 100% high tempo. Yes. Um, high tempo offense, clean program, probably middle of the pack in terms of development versus recruiting, which is the first time I've done that split. I've been all recruiting previously with no player development um, because I've anticipated roster turnover and I just haven't done it the right way yet. Then what is the last one? Oh, high school versus um, transfers. I hate the transfer market is the bane of my existence. I hate it. Um, so I'm going to try and steer clear. Especially with, yeah, like three out of my top four players, including my two good freshmen are high development. Yeah. Uh, uh, and my only high loyalty player is a senior. So that doesn't help me. Um, so I, yeah, I got to, uh, I don't know, because I, I need these guys to develop so I don't suck, but I also need to make sure that I replace the three guys leaving. So maybe, maybe I'll just split the middle. If I continue to recruit as I have and Preston Fields comes back, we will be a top 25 team next year. Yeah, I, need, I think that's what needs to happen. I need Georgia to somehow become in the northeastern United States. So I... <laughs> compete against some of the teams you are in recruiting instead i don't know maybe to be I, fair villanova is still here yeah yeah yeah. but like well georgia tech west virginia can't possibly go full dirty again so that should help right um, but yeah i'd like it was just an absolute nightmare last year i don't think i had a player longer than for like 15 minutes before i like landed on the guys i ended up getting it was mm-hmm. just uh, it was the lesson in, in being let down, which I guess I should be familiar with knowing all of my sports fandoms, but still it was, uh, it was a little disconcerting. But like everybody who was here last year just has a massive advantage over anybody joining and recruiting. Um, right. I would think, but hopefully we'll for our sake. Yeah. I, I need, need all the help I can get. Uh, but I, I'm excited to, uh, that we'll be seeing each other at our early season tournament. Always, always good to uh, to see friends in the coaching fraternity. Possibly get some some early tape on Seton Hall before our own matchup, um, which again could make or break my season. So it's going to yeah, be a big like- one, that's for sure. Probably the biggest non-conference game of the year. 
I I would say so. Yeah, if, if game day was a thing in this, I, I think they would uh, they would have to go there um, down to Athens, which I, I doubt they've been for basketball. They could actually go to Athens. They wouldn't be able to come to Newark for a game. True. Contractually. True. Um. Yeah. No, I'm I'm already worried about season four. Season three hasn't happened. I'm already worried about how my team's gonna look. So this is this is good and healthy and. This must be what it's it's really like. This is you feel like Tom Green now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, with so much less going on. You yeah, know, just walk walk up to Tom Crean's like, yeah, I know exactly what you're. Uh, what you're I've been doing. there, man. I've been the head coach of Georgia. I totally get it. I'm 21 and 35 through my first two years, and I know exactly what it's like to struggle with some of these big decisions. Um, no, <laughs> I would never. I am. I'm interested to see the, uh, like the the expenses and revenue part. Yeah. Of this and income, which is a little off-putting to me because I didn't think college sports existed as a money-making enterprise. Never, never. Uh, it's for the student athlete. Come on. I'm, I'm sure. It, yeah, I'm sure it's just like a metaphor for something. Of course. Um, yeah, but that's that, that's kind of the one mystery remaining at this point. Um, but. I mean, it's. Uh, I know you're a little disappointed with with how you are compared to last year, but all things considered, I, I think it could be a, you know, whatever good is a good season for both of us. Just get back to the NCAA tournament. That's all I need. Yeah. I need to get back. Yeah. I, yeah, that's that's old news for you at this point. Just done it every single year. Let's just keep that going. It'd be nice. It would. It would. Um, yeah. Imitate Kevin Willard a little bit. Do do more with less. Exactly. This is your Mona Lisa. If I can get, if I get a the chiropractor tweet, Coach B Frank the chiropractor from the fake Rothstein banner, hang it up. He has a. I think I think he bit off more than he can chew because I don't think he realized how much of an absolute psycho <laughs> Rothstein is. Um, Even to just schedule all those tweets is a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the same – apparently he doesn't schedule tweets, but, like, he has the same one every single day, like, multiple every morning. Right. Like, can't imagine. Like, the, that's, not, that's not what a human does. That no. is those are the actions of something with artificial intelligence. But, yeah, it's, it's also tough in our world where you have, like, three to five games happening per cycle. Right. But you could put out like if you go five and out, you could put out five of those tweets. That would be a be a nice tip of the cap. That would be. I mean, it would have been nice when I we won eight straight to close the year. <laughs> yeah, and a, and a couple of games in the NCAA tournament year one. Yeah. Hey, there's there's still time. There's still time to learn the craft. I'm sure he's as we're learning how to. Uh, how we're to all getting better. He's, he's learning how to be Ross fan. So that's uh, that nice spin zone, but. Yeah, um, excited for year three and uh, everything that can come with it. College football is back. Um, Big Ten probably never, but we're holding on to hope. And uh, Atlantis, <laughs> the Bahamas turned into South Dakota, which is just will never not be funny. That's as twenty twenty as it gets. It, it really is. Um, but we will we'll have more football for you next week and. Uh, Hopefully some more positive news about the sim. 
which I can never promise, but you'll have to just figure out when you tune in next week.